one. Hey, hey, welcome back to Throat Punch Monday with Lynn and Leah. We're excited to have one of Lynn's old school friends. I, I don't want to say old, so I say old school. <laughs> is that okay, ladies? Okay. I'm our age, but oh, uh, Veronica here with us today. Super excited. She owns Nola San Diego Massage. She's also an army veteran. Whoop, whoop. Give it to my army vets out there. (laughs) And she's found her passion in serving others through healing through holistic approach and massage. That is my jam. I love it. She also offers a program called Sponsor Hero, which she will talk about more. You can check out her website, yournolasandiego.com, but we are going to get into it. So Lynn, I'm going to pass it over to you and welcome Veronica. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Hey guys. And hey, Veronica, thanks so much for joining us. So I asked Veronica to be on our show because number one, number one, she's one of my good friends. We've known each other since we were like 11. And um, we went to middle school together, high school together. We did the Army JROTC together. Remember that, Veronica? I did. (laughs) I think you did drill team, right? I did. And I was a company commander. (laughs) So she was a company commander, did drill team. And then after we graduated, we kind of went our separate ways. So she joined the Army and she got shipped out to Afghanistan right away. And then I joined the Navy. And but throughout the years, we've always kept in touch. We were super close. Our moms went to bingo. (laughs) Um, She lived down the street. So um, she's out of San Diego, my hometown. So go ahead and tell us about yourself, Veronica. Yeah. Okay. so I am I'm a mom. I have three beautiful girls. I'm a wife. I take care of my mom now who is uh, getting older. I'm not fully a caretaker, I would say yet, but you know, it's getting there. Um, I'm in school. I'm in my master's program. I'm getting uh, for hotel, for hotel management. So hopefully, hopefully that works. One of these days I'm going to own a chain of boutique uh, bed and breakfasts. So, you know, come check that out future to be determined. Um, But what takes up most of my time these days is my spa. So uh, as it stands right now, I'm literally sitting in the middle of a construction zone in my office. And um, yeah, but massage in general has been my life and my passion since I left the military. I got out of the military in 2006. I was in an accident or yeah, for without going into that whole thing, I was in an accident in Afghanistan during my deployment. Um, it ultimately ended my career. Um, Len, you knew me from when we were kids. I've always been like happy and giggly and nerdy and all this other stuff. But when I got out of the military, I was an angry person, very bitter, very angry because I didn't have a plan B. My life was supposed to be the military. I wanted to get up in the White House. Like I was going to take everybody's job in the White House because that's just what I wanted. Um, and I got a job where I shouldn't have been able to have been fired from, but, uh, I guess when you enjoy the military, you never take into consideration getting injured. Um, and then understanding the numbers game and how they need soldiers, especially downrange, but, uh, being injured and not being able to do it and watching things move on around you kind of makes you feel expendable in a negative way, even if you understand it. 
Um, so anyway, I came back home to San Diego, just pissed and upset. And then um, one of our friends uh, made me go to a yoga class and I hated it because I couldn't do it because I was so broken still. And, um, but the instructor comes to me and the instructor was like, Hey, you know, you should try massage. Uh, massage will get you moving around. Um, it's as in labor intensive as you want, you know, whatever he's like, but there's this magical, like healing component to it. And, um, being military, I thought it was a bunch of hippie, hippie stuff, but I didn't have, um, I didn't have anything to do at the time. I was angry and I had a GI bill burning a hole in my pocket. So I was like, okay. So I go to massage school. And um, during that time, my my grandmother died and she was pretty much my mom growing up. Um, and so I was, I don't think there was much more left in me. Um, I probably, I feel like honestly, I was one more situation or a bad day away from just ending everything. Um, and I was in massage class and, you know, we were doing healing stuff. We were, you know, working with breathing. We were working with, um, healing the pains in the body. And I just started recognizing things within myself. Um, I was understanding that stress in general was killing me, um, that I could deal with the pain. I could deal with, I could deal with stress. I could deal with everything. It was just I guess my outlook on the stress. And so when I figured out that if I could just alleviate like dumb stressors in my life, then everything else just became easier to handle. And the more that things became easier to handle, the further away from feeling like I couldn't take it anymore, I was getting. And so it was positive. Um, because I looked at my mom and, you know, she just lost her mom and, um, I knew that she couldn't be without me. So I had to get, I had to get together. Um, so yeah. So anyway, getting into massage, I got into, uh, working at a hotel and I like rocked it. I wasn't even graduated from massage school and I was already like one of their main therapists. Um, so I guess, I mean, I was good at it and the more and more and well, anyway, that was 12 years ago. And the more I got into it, the more I did it. No, I'm sorry. That was 20 years ago or 20, 16 years ago. And, um, the more I did it, the more I was like, you know, I think my approach to massage is different and I can't do this spa setting because I'm really in this to heal. Because if I could heal other vets or kind of maybe turn them on to my outlook to things, maybe they could kind of benefit from it the way that I did. And so in 2009, in the middle of a flipping recession, I was like, you know, what's a good idea. Let's start a business. So I started NOLA and um, yeah, I've just been targeting uh, athletes find me, but I target veterans myself. Um, and the idea between me and the veterans is that, you know, I just want to get veterans in to the office because nobody understands us the way that we do. Um, and when I say that, it's like, you know, I get clients that come in often and, you know, they com complain because they're in pain and it's valid, but it's, you know, it's a complaint and they'll come in and 
you know, oh, my neck hurts or my shoulder hurts or, you know, things like that. And it's completely okay for them to express pain, but veterans aren't allowed that. Like we're supposed to be still tough and we're supposed to be still this and, um, and then just operate, you know, even with all the other crazy things that go on in our brain behind, behind the scenes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I target vets and let them just know that it's a safe space. And I just want to heal for you what I can so that when you go out into the world and deal with all the stuff that regular people deal with, that it's easier. And my hope is that if it's easier, then like me, you know, you'll find that you inch away from feeling like you just can't do this shit anymore and you're tired and that's it. So um, I got a question. So when vets come to see you, um, is it through like, do you see anybody through the VA or is it anything covered by insurance? Because I know that's kind of like a gray line on how to get like massage covered through VA. Um, You have to complain about pain. Like I have a lot of back pain, lower pain. I know when you got out, you had did you you got um, screws in your back, right? Or you got back surgery and all that, too. So. Um, how, how does that play out? Like as a veteran, like how do they find you or is it recommended or? Yeah. So it's funny. I, uh, okay. So my doctor, well, one of my doctors, cause I, I have a team of doctors, but one of my doctors just refers clients to me because massage, massage is actually not covered by the VA and still is not covered by the VA. In fact, when I first had my injury, when I was active duty, they had just began um, accepting chiropractors. So that was 2006, 2006, they had just started, you know, taking on chiropractors. In fact, that chiropractor messed up my back even further. Um, so acupuncture is newer um, and within the last, like, I think like five years or so that they're starting to um, recognize that, but massage as a whole is still a hippie healing thing. And they, they don't, they don't take it. So that's why that's where the sponsor a hero program came. So sponsor a hero um, it's, I, I haven't even made it in its official capacity to be like a 501 C because um, it's actually kind of hard to get interest in it, which, you know, and I, and I think that comes with everybody not understanding the healing powers of massage and alternative type, uh, healing situations. Like, I don't know how many of my battle buddies left the military with kidney problems and things like that, because the only thing that they know to do, you know, when they're injured is ranger candy, ranger candy, ranger candy, you know, everybody knows the 800 ibuprofens. Um, so I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So the sponsor Euro program came about because I had to find a way because if, if I could, I would have veterans all day, but if I had veterans all day, then we would be open for exactly like two days because, (laughs) because, you know, the therapists weren't going to be getting paid and, you know, and all of that. So, um, I just, we're going to start a GoFundMe, um, and start it there and see how, how it goes and hopefully get on to the 501c, but that's how it's paid. It's usually right now it's word of mouth, um, that we get veterans. I personally am part of, um, what is that called? Chamber of Commerce, Commerce groups. You were just talking about veteran it. Groups. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
groups like that. Um, and then I let my clients know, you know, we see 50 clients a week, 60 clients a week. And I'm always like, Hey, we have a veteran, you know, this and that. Well, let me take that back. As long as there's money, when there's money in the account, I'm always pushing them and to be like, you know, Hey, look, you know, uh, come send your, you know, send bets. And so we do it to where, you know, if the veteran is able, then, you know, we just reduce their cost. Um, uh, and it's just the cost of the commission for the therapist. It's not, you know, NOLA doesn't make any money from it. Um, if the veteran is unable and does not have the funds to be able to do the massage, then we just pay the therapist's commission all out. So, you know, massages with the commission, um, they end up coming out of the fund per, per veteran, maybe like 15 bucks. That's the, that's the, sh you know, the share it's anywhere between 15 and 20 bucks for the share. Or if we pay for it in full, it's, you know, anywhere between like 30 and $40, um, per veteran. So yeah, I mean, to date, I think we've serviced, oh, I have that written down. I just wrote that down the other day. I think it was like, 800 veterans since we started That's pretty so nice. as part of the program so I mean it's still in its infant stage but um hopefully I'm hoping to grow it when did you guys I'm start also, that program it's been officially about a year and a okay. half it'd be a year and a half almost two years a year and a half and you've serviced 800 veterans I think that's yeah. amazing that's yeah. awesome does not to mention civilians, right? That you can service also. So that's incredible. Congratulations on that. Thanks. I'd love to know, Veronica. So you, you said a little bit about how it kind of helped you mentally in finding this passion and everything, but you mentioned just a tidbit about an accident and pain of your own and that sort of thing. So I'd love to know, like, has this uh, helped with your personal pain and injury mm -hmm. as yeah. well, not just mentally. Yeah. So essentially my injury caused a pretty significant or caused pretty significant damage to my L234 S1 joints. Um, and so, you know, for people who don't know, that's like the entire lower back. Um, I tried to remedy it when I was still active duty, but, you know, back, back pain in general is just one of those things that it's hard to pinpoint exactly causes and exactly how to fix things. And when we were talking with the surgeons, they were giving me weird statistics on how, whether or not I was going to feel better through surgery. And it was like, you know, like literally at one point I could have made this up, but I feel like they told me like 50%, like maybe it will, maybe it won't. And I was like, oh, you're not going to cut me open for a, maybe it will, maybe it won't, especially not at 22. And then they were telling me that they were going to like fuse like three or four of those vertebrae together. And I'm sitting here, like, I haven't even had kids yet. <laughs> like, And you want to fuse all this stuff together for a maybe. And so that's just not the case. So the pain is interesting for me because it translates to either I am at a 10, um, in pain, I can barely move or it's nothing. And I don't feel any pain. And then the other interesting one is like every once in a while, um, when my back goes really bad, um, I turn into a paraplegic, my legs don't work until the, whatever is wrong with it subsides or the, 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 
the flare or the inflammation or whatever that's pushing on some nerve or something uh, goes away, then 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 at that point, um, my, I'll get feelings back in my legs. And they've done nerve tests. They've done all kinds of things and they just can't seem to figure out what it is. And so that's been the struggle for, I guess, 20, no, how long have we been out of the military? Since 2006, so 15 years. Um, so anyway, massage, what massage does for me is it helps keep the inflammation down really. And I guess that's my, that's my kryptonite, the, the, the inflammation. So when with massage and constant body work, then what it does is it allows them the massages, I'm sorry, it allows the muscles that surround it to stay uh, pliable so that when I do my daily things, then the inflammation doesn't come back. So for instance, uh, there was a point in my life where going for a walk was terrifying for me. And that's because I could literally just step up onto a curb. And when I stepped up onto the curb, if my back didn't like that, then my legs would go out from underneath me. Um, I remember out processing uh, from Fort Campbell and I stepped up onto the curb right in front of sick call. And <laughs> when I stepped up on the curb, my legs went out and I sat on the curb for about an hour and a half. Um, and I remember being terrified because I watched these butter bars walk by and I could not get up to salute them. And I was waiting for them to chew me out. And they went by the first time and they didn't say anything. But when they left and I was still sitting there, um, yeah, they chewed me out. And I just had to explain to them that I, I, I literally cannot move at this point. You could run my legs over and I wouldn't feel it. And then they kind of carried me into sick hall and being a woman and being a veteran. That is exactly what I didn't want. So even though I, I fought really hard to try to keep my career um, towards the end, I knew that it probably wasn't the place for me to be because I couldn't be a soldier that did not need the man's help, if that makes any sense. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I can relate to a lot of what you're saying, actually. So, um, so do you ever, when you're, when you're working specifically with veterans, I'm, I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're talking to them through, maybe they're talking to you, maybe they're sharing stuff, like if they trust you and know you're a veteran, they're a veteran. Like, do you ever find a connection? Like as you're like, I don't know how this works, but like, maybe you can feel their inflammation and that kind of sort of thing. Do you ever have a connection between what's going on with them mentally and sorry for the kids in the background what's going on with them mentally and the level of pain like I know that the pain is absolutely real and injuries are absolutely real but have you ever found a connection like when speaking to veterans about levels of pain being higher when maybe their agony and with their mental health is higher does that make sense yeah so the way that I explain it to my veterans so one thing um that I say that uh, veterans always tell me they've never been asked before is the first thing I always do is I say, what did you do in the military? And the reason why I want to know what you do in the military is because, uh, you know, being an MP, we, we joke about being multi-purpose. So we've kind of been, you know, everywhere and I don't know your job in and out, but I have an understanding of, you know, at least some of what you do and then the regular soldier stuff. Right. 
So I asked what they did for a living. And the reason why I do that is because body, your body has muscle memory. And so, you know, your bodies don't forget what you do just because you're not doing it anymore, especially if it was something you did day in and day out for years. Um, so when I do that, um, and I get an understanding of what my veterans did for a living, what they do now and the different things that their bodies go through, then, you know, I just kind of ask a little bit about if they're comfortable to share with me, like, you know, their struggles with the PTSD. And I always share myself and my stories. And my thing is, is that I believe that as a veteran, we are expected more so than civilians to, to push things aside. So it doesn't matter if you're hurting. It doesn't matter if you have issues inside. It doesn't matter if you broke your leg, you know, splint that bitch up. I'm sorry, <laughs> splint it up. And take some ranger candy and, you know, do your job anyway. Yeah. Suck it up um, and move on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's very much like moms, right? Like a mom, it doesn't matter if you're, a, you have a flu and 103 uh, fever. Uh, you still got to get your kids to school today, you know? Um, and people don't understand that. So. Uh, or like if you so have to social distance, cause people in your house have COVID, but you're the mom. Like You're the mom. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you got to figure out how to like throw the, the sandwich across mm-hmm. the room, you know, so the kid gets it. But the point is, is that the kid still gets the sandwich. Somebody still needs to make the sandwich. Right. So, um, but my thing is, is that, um, as veterans, as moms, you know, we have to create this, this, this disconnect, this, you know, we, where we cart compartmentalize our pain and put it to the side so that we can do other things. And what I find is that when my PTSD is at its worst is is when I'm in a situation where I cannot seem to hold those walls still up. Like I need those walls to be up, but they can't, they're crumbling around me. And that's when I, I don't know if that's a good thing or if that's a bad thing. I mean, it's probably not good to keep, you know, putting things in these boxes because eventually they need to be addressed, but I need to function today. So in order for me to function today, I need that box or I need that wall. And, um, so when my veterans come in, um, I explain to them that I, I noticed for myself that when that wall is weak, I can feel everything that's wrong with my body. That accident uh, majorly, you know, focused on my lower back, but I have issues and they're all DA rated in my shoulder. I've got the arthritis in the knee. I've got the arthritis in the ankle. I have, you know, the, uh, the injury to my, um, my neck my C1, you know, I've got all these different injuries and I don't feel them, uh, you know, a lot because I have to compartmentalize. But once I start getting that, you know, where I'm struggling and I can't uh, hide, hide it anymore. And my walls are crumbling. Well, everything is yelling at me. And so that's when it's the worst. And so, you know, when I explain that to my veterans, a lot of them are like, oh yeah, you know, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly how I feel. And so as a therapist, as a veteran, I try to create a space in my office where you can let down a little bit of those walls enough to expose how you're really feeling. You know, I don't need you in here to mask your pain because you don't have to be tough for me in here. There's nothing in here that I need you to do. So because you don't have any responsibilities when you're seeing me right now, it's okay for you to let that down and it's okay for you to feel your pain so that I can help you fix it. 
I love that. That's really powerful. And I, I think too, like it's important, it's important to continue to be seen even when you're, maybe you're not feeling all that pain, just especially this the whole, I'm huge with holistic stuff. Like I used to not be like, I thought all that stuff was like real woo woo and like, yeah. but it's so important, you know, to, to connect those things. And, and I love that you're allowing them to, oops, sorry, they're getting loud. Um, <laughs> you're like encouraging them to break down those walls because you have to know where it is, but then your job is to get everything moving and flowing the way that it's supposed mm-hmm. to and continue. Like it's kind of a, a big process right there, I mm-hmm. think, but it's all interconnected. So no wonder you do so well with the veterans. I think that's incredible. Well, the other thing is too, is that, you know, I feel like when we as veterans leave the military, we fall into one of two categories. One where we were like, nope, you, the military broke me. You're going to fix me. I'm going to the VA. You're fixing everything. And then the other side of that is I feel like a lot of veterans, especially a lot of the ones that I encounter, they do not want anything from the military. They're upset. They feel pissed off, you know, and things like that. And so as a healer, I can heal what I can, but I also explain to my, you know, to my service members that look, you know, my vets, like, you know, the VA is there. And, you know, a lot of the times my vets don't have insurance and I'm like, well, you need to be seen, you know, by somebody because I can help this. But at the same time, I also cannot see, I don't have an x-ray machine, you know, nor am I authorized to use one or even want to assume that I can understand how to do that, you know, and um, there's programs within the VA where you don't have to be seen by a VA doctor, but you got to go through the motions, you know, to get that access. Um, And so my doctor, um, the reason why she pushes vets to me is because I push vets to her right back. Um, so I've gotten a lot of our veterans, um, enrolled in the VA. I used, I worked, uh, for probably about two years at two one one, which is an awesome program down here. And there's a veteran program there. So we work sort of like social workers, you know, for vets that called in, we handled their care from the minute they called till whatever their situation was, was resolved. And that gave me really good insight too on veterans and our needs as veterans and needs that are going unmet, but also needs that are not being pursued by the veteran themselves. And that's a big part of it. Um, it was just about telling veterans that you just don't need to, I don't know, fear the VA or be upset with the VA. And granted, trust me, I know that VAs across the country are not as awesome as the one here in San Diego. Um, and the one here in San Diego has its issues too, but you know, whatever, it's, it's pretty good. I've not had too many issues, but anyway, there's help out there for you and you can get it. So there's veterans like me that'll help walk you through the process. And then there's, you know, once you get in there, there's people, you just have to find them just like with anything. Right. And I can relate to that because like I was one of those veterans who I didn't trust the system. I didn't trust them to give me the care that I needed because I was always told suck it up or it's just in your head. Like it's not really going on. And Veronica, you know, it took me 10 years to go back to the VA. Once I got out, I was like, no, I don't I don't want to go to the VA. Then I finally went because everyone else was pushing me to go. And I was like, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? They're just going to either say no or you're lying or blah, blah. And to my surprise, they didn't tell me I was lying. They told they like really like validated everything that I felt 
and all that. And I think that the VA has changed a lot, but also mm -hmm. depends on like what your locality is like. And, um, but I think for the most part, they've changed for the better. And so that's like one of the huge steps is to actually go out and get that help. Um, it's because it's hard for us to trust, it you know, it's, it the, it's the trust factor. Cause when you were, when we were in, it was like, well, here's your ranger candy, here's Motrin, you know, and it, that was it. So. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, no. And then like, um, I've personally been enrolled in, I mean, Len, you've been everywhere. So you probably, you probably just the same as me, but I've been enrolled in like six different. Yeah. You years. were in Houston, you were in new Orleans mm -hmm. and I don't I've know where been, else. Yeah. I've been here in San Diego. And at one point I didn't trust the VA in San Diego. So I was up in Oceanside. So you can imagine how far up that is. Yeah, and then an um, I was in LA for a while. And then, um, where was the other one in Kentucky? Yeah. So I, I've enrolled in all of them and yeah, they're not all the same. So I can understand. And some of them are run just like sick calls, which, you know, yeah. I think that is the biggest thing. Like when you walk in there and you're like, oh no, this is exactly the same as I just left. Um, it's terrible. Oh, you're muted, Veronica. You muted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that weird? Okay. Um, we just have to remember that, uh, you know, we have the right as veterans to say, well, I don't want this doctor. I want a different doctor. And I would say, go through every damn doctor until you get one that you can trust. Because when you get the one that you can trust, I'm telling you, VA doctors are not rich. They're not there because they make buku dollars. They're literally there because they want to help you. And it just takes a minute to find those ones. And when you do, they're going to go to bat for you. Well, that's yeah. been my experience. It just took me a long time to find them. Like my doctor now, she's a rock star. It also takes like that a lot of guts to say, no, you're fucked up. Like this is not the kind of treatment I want because when you're in the military, you're just so used to them telling you what you need or what you want, you know? And so it kind of takes that experience to say, no, I need a different doctor. Cause I did that too. Cause I had a doctor that tried to misdiagnose me and I was like, no, that's not happening. Like I'm, yeah. I need to change doctors ASAP. So, yeah. And then if you don't find the doctor within the VA, I mean, there's always the program to recruit, to, you know, request outside care. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something too, you know, that to consider. And I, I don't know how every VA works, but I've been able to do that with things, especially like my mental health. Um, but I also appreciate that a lot of military uh, members are doctors in the VA um, because when I went into the VA, they kept sending me to see the same psych right same psych same psych and he just kept telling me he was like okay well you don't feel good well what medication do you need and I was like mm. I don't really want medication and he was like well okay well you know we would talk and that's the end of our 35 minutes or however long the appointment is and then finally which this guy was a ranger finally at the end he goes well look look here Denzi he was like well why the fuck do you keep coming back here and I was like because the VA told me I have to come back and he was like, well, I'm a, I'm a medicine doctor. He was like, if you need a, a talk therapist, he was like, here, take this. And you need to go the fuck over there. And part of me <laughs> felt so comfortable with that. Like, that's the first time a doctor has ever talked to me like that. But there was something so fucking comforting about that because I was like, you know what? 
nobody's going to be real with you like a freaking service member because he was just like you in the wrong damn place private you know or whatever he's like you need to get over there so I was like okay you know and anyway yeah that's my story (laughs) I would say you know I've had good experiences and bad experiences to the VA and I would say my bad experiences generally come from people that didn't serve and they just got (laughs) the job there yeah same And so it ends up being like a big shit show. And I, like, I went through therapy with this girl, which I feel like, I don't know what certification she got, but it was not good. And I'm like, you know, cause she's like, oh, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you want me to talk about? You know, I got all kinds of issues. What you want me to say? So, um, it was like, I went through therapy for probably six months or so with her. And I was like, this is such a waste of my time. Cause I had to pay for a, for childcare to go. And I'm like, you're doing nothing except for making me angry. Exactly. Um, so I did, I had some really bad experiences and, and I just started going, woo, I just started going back to therapy a couple months ago and I was wait, they're so loud. Uh, a couple months ago, I started going back and, um, I was like, this about it but I don't want to have to pay out of pocket for a counselor and I love this woman like she is shoots it straight and I don't actually know if she was in the military or not she didn't say but I think she's been in the system long enough to know how to talk to veterans sorry that's so loud um it's okay we're all moms here (laughs) but um you know I she's comfortable talking to veterans and she kind of like adjusts based on how we react and it's been great so far. So I definitely am, I'm in agreement with you ladies. Like if, if people have gone and they tried it, like give it another shot, you know, be your own advocate and get to somebody that speaks to you and will help you. Yeah. Well, and then like, it goes all the way around too, because when I went for my disability, that's the one thing that I was afraid of because when I came home from deployment, you know, I understand that I've got brothers and sisters that are coming home with 70% burns all over their body. I understand that I'm, you know, I've got brothers and sisters that don't have limbs, you know, and things like that. So me with my internal injuries, I just didn't know about, you know, trying to get, you know, going through the whole disability process. And then um, I go to my comp and pen appointment uh, to get rated. And I walk in and there was a lady, I don't know a doctor or who these comp and pen people are, but I walked in and the lady literally looks at me. I sit down and she goes, okay, so you're here for this mental comp and pen, blah, 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 blah. Then she goes, do you, um, she's like, uh, you want to rate for PTSD? And I was like, yes, you know, um, you know, da, 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 da. So then she grabs her hair I kid you not, this is exactly how this went. She grabs her hair. She starts doing her hair like this. She's smacking on gum. And she goes, well, did you kill people? Did you kill people? How many people did you kill? And I looked at this lady and I'm like, you have to be a civilian because there's no way that that's that that's even an okay question. No, and um, not okay. And I just started, I, and as interesting as that was, um, I think you guys will understand this feeling. I cried and I got up and I walked out and I cried because I wanted to throat punch her. Um, but I could see how that would work against me. 
And since I could not do anything, and to me, that was the only remedy at the moment, I didn't have any other options. So I left. Mm -hmm. So I walked out on my comp and pen appointment Mm -hmm. because I could not believe I was like, so okay. did that work against you or for you? Because I, I don't know. It could be either way. Like she's asking you to trigger you, which is fucked up. But um, did you get rated through that CNP exam or no? So I went, I walked out of there and I pulled a complete Karen and I walked out of there and I wa- I went straight to the VA. I walked straight into my doctor's office and I looked at my doctor and I was like, let me tell you what the fuck I just went through. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she was just like, she was like, okay. And, um, she attempted to reschedule it. It never got rescheduled. And then down the road, I got a, a VA rating for PTSD. So they, yeah. Yeah. Those those people are like my worst enemy at the VA because they don't play nice. And they, it's like, they purposely do things to try to not get you rated and it gives me so much anxiety. Like I have, have dealt with so much. Anxiety. So I got put out on a medical retirement. And in my first like year, I knew I needed to get an evaluation. So I was calling my VA trying to get scheduled. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to wait and hear from them or I'm supposed to do it or what. So I was trying to be proactive. This lady never answered her phone. I could never get an appointment. And then I got something in the mail saying that all of my stuff was being canceled because I had missed an appointment that I never knew that I had. You talk about like, because one of my ratings is anxiety. And you, you like, you, you, what? Like, you want to talk about anxiety? Like, so I marched up to the building, like, I'm speaking to this woman. Like, where is she? And she was a civilian. But that's where a lot of my hatred towards the VA came from in the first place, because I'm like, look, I'm trying to do the right thing. And you rate me or like evaluate me properly. And she never answered her phone, never called me back. Mm -hmm. And I got never, I never had any sort of communication at all. And then I got that like, oh, we're canceling all of your benefits because you missed an appointment. And I was like, what? you know, which makes you, which like, makes you, I mean, I hate to say it, but makes you want to drive your car through the front window. You know, it's like, why are you trying to make me crazy? You know, I walk right. into the appointment and I, my hair looks decent and I've got makeup on my face. So you think that I'm okay. I'm here for insomnia. But the truth is, is that you know, I was afraid to come in here and literally scare you, you know, with how crazy I look, which is, it's because how your appearance is part of your rating also for PTSD. So it's literally on there on the CFR 38, the appearance. So if I wear makeup and I get dressed, oh, then I don't have PTSD because of the way I look like that makes zero sense. No, honey. It's just that I'm, I've got children and I cannot scare my kids. Mm -hmm you know, and have them be terrified that mommy is not even going to be able to make it on the drive to the VA, you know, so I, I have to, you know, I am, I'm also a soldier, which goes back to that little box or that wall, you know, that, you know, where it's, it tells you like, you know, you tell yourself, I have to put this away so that I can function. You know, when I was in that Afghanistan deployment, I had three, three Red Cross messages come across in a matter of, six weeks with family members just dying back home like flies. Mm -hmm. And then I had my accident and I, 
they they took my freaking shoelaces in theater for three days but I never exhibited anything that would have said you know that I'm gonna kill myself but they had to do that anyway um which is fine you know but I showed up every day to formation looking how I'm supposed to look but I was dying inside yeah and what I hate about the VA the part that I do dislike about the VA is that if you talk to any veteran or anybody who does the ratings they will be like okay I'm unofficially telling you this but if you walk in there you need to be like bent over you need to be like halfway crying mm-hmm. make, make sure your mascara is running you know and every little thing you know even if it hurts at a three tell them a tell them a 20 and I'm like well it's like your worst day when you go to the VA yeah that's what they so much anxiety so much anxiety Mm -hmm. for the longest time they they had me ranked for high blood pressure but I didn't have any high blood pressure it's just that every time I walked into the VA I was so anxious I would physically start to shake and I just hated it because it's like you know what the hell I did go look at my jacket Right. You know what I did. Why do you need me to prove to you what I need help for? Ain't it, ain't that all in my jacket? Ain't that why you guys make me write everything down? Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Like I've heard stories about like, go work out the toughest workout ever, like a day and a half or two days before you go to your CNP exam so you can be all like hurt. Because they do like the range of motion stuff. Because some days you have good days and some days you have bad days. You can't really predict. But like, it's crazy how you have to go through that or even like present yourself that way, you know, because you don't you don't know what your day is going to be like. So then Mm -hmm. they try to say, oh, make it your worst day. So um, what would your advice be? Make it your worst. Yeah, make it. You have to make it like it's your worst day. Like, yeah, you know, worse than you on the VA just dealing with with it, like not knowing what you're up against with them because they're like, right. So judgy, you know? and, and I mean, from the opposite side, I can understand that it's hard to kind of weed out, you know, vets that are faking it or, you know, whatever. And so there has to be parameters, I guess I can understand that. And I get that it gets to be difficult, but there needs to be a different level of compassion there and brand new V brand new, like clinic doctors that are civilians that just have no idea. I feel like, eh, shouldn't there be a training for this? There was a training for everything. There should be like an extra training for this because this is, this is, this is, this doesn't work. But veterans in general, some of us are like really good. Like some veterans are really good at playing the system. I go to the ER for my back going out and I'll see veterans come and sit down and pretend to pass out from chest pains because they know that that brings them back into the back so fast. Mm. And I'm like, dang, I came in here with my back hurting. I guess I can't play off chest pains. So I haven't tried it yet, but just so that you know, Leah, I guess. <laughs> what would your advice be for new people get, getting out or people who haven't gone to the VA yet? Oh my God. Okay. So when you're in the process of getting out, enroll immediately in the VA. And then from, and if nothing else, that gives you that benchmarker of that date, you know, for, you know, records for starting care. Um, And then as soon as you get home, establish that doctor, you could decide that you never want to use that doctor, but establish that doctor. Because if the day ever comes that you want to, and you have not been using the VA system, it is a pain in the tit. 
to try to get in later. What so, about for veterans who like myself, who was out for 10 years and I had no clue what the hell PTSD was. And then I didn't get rated till like later on, like what would your advice be for veterans so, who have, who refuse to go because they don't trust the system. Find a veteran, find a look, find a battle buddy. Yeah. <laughs> find a battle buddy. Um, look locally, uh, United Way, 211 programs, all those programs, they they usually have a veteran program and those veteran programs are usually able to help walk you through that system. And then if nothing else, walk your tail into the VA and just remember, you know, you're the you're a big badass sailor, soldier, coasty, whatever it is, like walk in there and be like, look, you know, I didn't do it before. I'm ready now. I'm completely skeptical. And just tell them that you're completely skeptical, but you know, you understand that this is something that you need. So find that person. And then you walk into the VA and that first person doesn't help you find, walk past them and walk, find somebody else. Find, find the veteran that's kind of chilling in the back, actually, because usually the person who comes up to the desk is not the person <laughs> that's really the one that's going to help you. It's the veteran employee that's behind them, sitting behind them, kind of right. chilling. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's been my experience. It's usually that one. And find a massage therapist or come to you. In come see me. Come see me. We're open next week on Monday. Yes. Oh, you can have birthday. a new location, right? A new location. We're in Mission Valley. We've been in downtown. And I, I realized that there was an element of stress that comes from one-way streets and metered parking. So it was time to get out of downtown and uh, come to a place that's got a parking lot. So lots and lots of so parking. true. One-way streets are so annoying. <laughs> yeah, I would purposely avoid downtown because of that one-way yeah. streets and, and paying for parking. <laughs> the only time that one-way streets are fine is when you're not on them because you're, you're walking around downtown drunk, drinking because it's party time. Right. So tell us more happen. about your business, NOLA San Diego. How many therapists do you have and what services do you offer? Okay. So we usually average around six therapists. Um, right now we're a smaller team because of COVID. COVID. P.S. By the way, COVID kicked my ass, um, but I'm still here. Um, but uh, services in general, we offer just about any massage modality under the sun. So we do the deep tissue, we do the sports, the Swedish and all those other things. Um, we do some of the more specialty ones, the pregnancy, the gua sha, um, shiatsu, table shiatsu, not on the floor. Um, and uh, appointments are an hour or 90 minutes. And we are not like other places that charge for specific modalities, we charge for the time so that the therapist is able to treat the patient instead of, or treat the client instead of just trying to hold parameters for a specific modality. Um, there's a lot of times when things like cranial sacral work in the neck is awesome. And then, you know, maybe deep tissue in the back and Swedish in the legs is a thing, but it's hard when you go into places and there you pay for a Swedish massage or a deep tissue massage. And then you try to get other types of services that, you know, you need, and they're upcharging you in the middle of the massage. And by the time you walk out, you've accrued like $50 extra, you know? 
So um, we just pay for the, you just pay for my time or the therapist's time. And the therapist is free to do what they need to do to help you. Ooh, that is so good. I love that. And then for veterans specifically, is there, is there a certain modality that tends to kind of let that most veterans work or want ask for, or is it all of them or some that you recommend? So veterans in general, what I've noticed over the past few years is that a lot of the times their body physically, like the muscles need a more deeper, super, super, super slow touch because of the PTSD, because of the anxiety, because of memories and things like that, that you unintentionally start to shed during treatment sessions. Um, there's been many times when I've been working on a client and they will full on start to cry or they will full on um, go into a PTSD episode and start reliving situations. Um, and it's just because the body emotionally releases things and you don't always have control over that. Um, so the muscles in the body, I always notice tend to need something deeper because we're, we're stronger, more muscle tone, things like that. But uh, I always start the first few sessions with clients to do more, um, I guess, bringing the mind back to the body, like, you know, um, connecting and really understanding what you feel. And that isn't always helped with, you know, me ram jamming my elbow in your, in your shoulder or something. So we, we, we play with it. You know, we go back and forth on that. And one more question for my own selfishness. Well, when are you coming down? That's my question. (laughs) Well, listen, I have talked to another veteran recently that has the same exact issue right here. I, I believe it's fascia, like super knotted fascia or something like right here. He has the same exact issue, same shoulder. He was in the Marines. Um, and I've like, nothing comes up on x-rays or anything like that anyway. So is that something massageable? Yeah. So The funny thing about that thing you just pointed out right there is um, do me a favor, take your hand. And I know it was in the back, take your hand and push into your breast tissue, right on the same side and kind of massage around. Is that painful? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So it's your, it's your pecs. It's your pecs. So go ahead and I promise you, it's not going to be a complete fix because if you feel it in the back, then, you know, the back needs to be addressed too, but take the time to massage this whole pectoralis area from the sternum all the way to the shoulder blade down to probably about about an inch above the nipple, massage that whole thing out as much as you can yourself, lift your arm and reach into your armpit and press in there too. Um, and massage that I'm pretty sure you're tight there. And then right in through here where your lats are, massage in there too. When you release all of that, it kind of adds, I guess the way to explain that is it kind of allows for the muscles in the traps and in the rhomboids to, you know, do what they're supposed to. And so since they're not struggling so hard to do what they're supposed to, the pain is less. Um, And then once you, cause that's what you can do for yourself because you can reach the front and you can't reach the back. So once you help the front and you notice the change in the back, then go find a therapist. Or come do come, come do a throat punch Monday on scene in San Diego. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm down. I'll set it up. 
I know that like I was going to uh, for lymphatics and then they did like underneath there too to release fluid. I don't know, build up yeah. or whatnot. So it was like around that area to it's release. Yeah. So tell us about um, NOLA. Like what was the inspiration for calling it NOLA San Diego? Why that? So, you know, as much as I do, um, or you probably have it too. I've got a sweet spot in my heart for new Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is yep. from new Orleans. My oldest daughter was born in new Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there for a few years, but it, it actually goes back to my childhood. Uh, I read a book when I was a kid, um, about new Orleans and New Orleans never the, leaves you. No, it doesn't. No, it never does. It's magical. Mm-hmm. It's magical in an interesting way, which is kind of what, which is kind of all the things about massage that I love. I want that magic, that magical spot or whatever to kind of stick with you. I want wherever you go um, to stick with you and um, to remember what we teach you here, you know, and my space, um, because I understand that, you know, I'm not going to be with my clients for their whole life. Maybe I would love to, but maybe not. Um, and so when you go on to your next therapist, I want you empowered and I want you to know what to ask for. And I know I want you to have the tools to be able to, you know, advocate for yourself. Cause you're not going to walk in there saying that I don't know what I need. Um, so that's why NOLA, just the namesake of new Orleans, um, and the, the love and the meaning that I find with NOLA and me. That's awesome. I love that so much. Of course, I know that, but people who haven't gotten to experience New Orleans or live there, they <laughs> might have an idea, but don't know unless you go. I mean, oh, when you go man, to you Disneyland, when you go to Disneyland, everyone wants to go to that part of Disneyland, right? Where it's like yeah. New Orleans, like the Creole area. So yeah. it's kind of like that, but like in real life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I tell people all the time when you go to New Orleans, it's kind of interesting, even in the French Quarter, which is super touristy, which in most cities, when you go to their tourist area, I feel like it pulls away from the amazingness of the city. But even in the French Quarter, which that's tourist central, you walk around and you feel the city. You feel the city as you walk around You and you feel the past. Like you walk around and you, you see it still. Um, and then you drive around New Orleans, you still see remnants of Katrina. You see just you know, whatever, but the people there are so amazing and they persevere in like the most magical and amazing ways. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing magical place that you just don't understand until you go. Well, they just got hit by another hurricane. I forget what a hurricane it was, but our thoughts are with them for, you know, a fast recovery. So, which we know that they can do. Yes. Oh, man. I'm sure they're getting amped up for the next hurricane. There is actually another hurricane coming through. Uh, I forget what it's called, but yeah. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, Leah, do you have any last thoughts for our viewers? So, Veronica, I just want to thank you so much for coming. This has been awesome. I can't wait to do some of those self-massage things and then book a flight to San Diego to come see you. But um, I wanted to shout out your website again. I know uh, Lynn might throw it up again, too, but yournolasandiego.com. And then if anybody just wants to connect with you, do you just connect with anybody on social media or you do anything like that? Yeah. So Facebook, it's just Veronica Denzi. You can find me on Instagram, um, at 
at NOLA San Diego, I believe is what it is. <laughs> Sorry, because we have two. So I believe it's at NOLA San Diego or at dot NOLA, no, at NOLA dot San Diego. So either one of those two on Instagram, I'm usually really good about answering them. Um, more so the business one than my personal. So <laughs> that's why I gave those instead. And do you have any last words for our viewers, any advice or any uh, parting words you want to say, Veronica? Mm, just take care of yourself, love yourself and be patient with yourself. And I think that when you start living that way, then you kind of find um, other ways to to do that. And it just becomes more natural. And when it's like that, then life doesn't isn't so hard and you're able to enjoy life. And I think if nothing, COVID's taught us that it's okay to just get somewhere and sit down <laughs> and um, just enjoy what's around you. So yeah, yeah. that's it. One thing I wanted to touch about is that you kind of said it, um, and it's been a recurring theme on our show is to advocate for yourself. So nobody mm -hmm. knows your body more than you. Like you said, there's mass muscle memory there. Advocate for yourself, get that courage to find a battle buddy. And that's why we have this show, Veteran Trash Talk Throat Punch Mondays, so that we can get stories from veterans like you and others so that they can connect and find that help that they need or get that advocacy that they need. Um, and I want to thank you again so much, Veronica, for joining us. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show for uh, for our listeners and viewers. Go ahead and check out our page, VeteranTrashTalk.com. We have a shop there. There's shirts. Uh, subscribe and like us on Facebook, VeteranTrashTalk.com. Also, VTT Throat Punch Mondays. We air every other Monday, uh, bringing to you issues with not only just women veterans, but veterans in general. Um Remember, women, you are 10% of the 10%. Don't let anyone tell you because you are a woman that your service wasn't as hard or as important. We are your voice and you will be heard. Thanks again for tuning in to uh, Throat Punch Mondays and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.